Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I am here with Kathy Connolly talking about small changes, big benefits, and living your best life. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we will strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you with your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zellmer. I am editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine and the Brain Health magazine. Additionally, I have published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion. I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today, my guest is Kathy Connolly, and Kathy's culinary career had an inauspicious start at nine years old with the renovation of her mother's kitchen involving the Yellow Springs, Ohio Fire Department. Later, to the horror of a high school teacher in St. Peter, Minnesota, she would win a Betty Crocker Award only because she was good at math. <laughs> this vote of confidence would propel her into an internal audit in the global mining sector, and eventually to a career as an entrepreneur in technology. Eating countless takeout meals while driving hours to put out project fires, she was leading to a slow train wreck on the health front. Her first book, Flavor with Benefits, which was released in April of 21, what she co-offered with Charlie Best, it's a romantic journey through France with stories of intrepid women, some famous, some not, and lessons about food as medicine experienced by Kathy at five years old. Her mission with Flavor with Benefits is to share her journey and experiences with millions of people so that they too can overcome health challenges by taking simple actions every day and enjoy great tasting food and never compromise flavor or health. Welcome to the podcast, Kathy. What a fun bio. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, I figured it's better to tell the truth about fire departments, you know, when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, it happens. <laughs> yeah, we had you know, them at our house a time put, or two. <laughs> yeah, you know, who knew when you put wax into a frying pan, it would burn, you know, oh, but, no. yeah, live and learn. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, yeah. welcome, Kathy. I'm I'm excited to have you here today and just you. share your journey of um you know through your through your health and nutrition and headed for that train wreck um to where you're at today. So um, yeah. where would you like to start at? What age would you like to start? Well, at? <laughs> I might start, you know. Yeah, I might start with one story that we shared in the book, because I think it's an interesting one. Um, when I was five, uh, we moved to France, and we lived there for a year. And um, I had a liver problem. And so um, I went to the doctor in France, a female doctor, and she recommended that I eat artichokes instead of recommending a pill. And so that was a really interesting thing. And that sort of started this journey of small changes because here is eating an artichoke um, that really helped with my health. And so I had this, I had, I was like, you know, five years old and I had this uh, stomach that looked like I was like three months pregnant. Wow. And so it was a very uncomfortable feeling. 
And so that sort of started the the food journey for me. And as the bio indicated, like a lot of us, you know, you start off well, and then you maybe get off track a little bit. And um, in a a few years ago, um, I started investigating um, health issues around uh, concerns around family history, around uh, bone density, for example. And so like a lot of things, you know, it's sort of you pulling on a thread and you start looking into things and you realize that um, when you're talking to your doctor, um, they don't really know much about nutrition. So they're no. going to recommend drugs. So um, I was thinking, well, there have to be some other answers. So I started looking at food in a big way and um, learning and taking some courses because my background had been really financial services. I realized eating every day. I didn't know anything. And I thought, you know what, this is a really important thing. And I don't know anything. And the more I learn every day, even now, I realize how little I know. And so it's an exciting area. But I started looking into the things that uh, could help around bone density, inflammation. um, And so looked at nutrition, and frankly, not being a science person, and, you know, having goofed off a little bit in chemistry in high school, I was a little bit intimidated on some of the stuff. But you know, you keep looking at it, you get good teachers, and you keep learning, and then somehow it finally sticks. And so the whole process with eating differently, and, you know, trying things out, um, for example, um, looking at eating soy instead of dairy, was a small change for me that basically helped uh, my bone health, for example. But the thing that I really wanted to do was I wanted to also understand, um, was it really working or was it anecdotal or was, you know, are you wishful thinking? Right. And so I started going to the doctor to take some measurements. Right. So three years now I've taken measurements. So on things like, you know, cholesterol and D and, you know, calcium all improved. And um, so I went, wait, you know, maybe this is something to this. And I started feeling better too, to your point about, you know, a lot of what this podcast is about. I started feeling really good again. I had energy, no food comas, you know, things like that, which is little things. And, and strangely, um, just the other day, I went to the eye doctor and she explained to me that um, these micro capillaries in your eyes are the first thing to actually show potential heart disease and other things. Didn't know that my parents, uh, when they were alive, had glaucoma. And she said, you're not showing signs of that. So it's been this journey of trying out different foods and really cooking for yourself, which is one of the things, right, that you kind of have to do. Eating out, very difficult um, to control what you're eating. But um, so so that's really where the whole journey started. And I guess really then I started thinking, well, okay, when you have some knowledge and it's working for you, you want to share it, right? Like what you're doing and you want to help other people. And so that's where writing the book came out is to develop recipes where people could follow. But like you, been a lifelong traveler, you know, been all over the world. And, you know, why not serve up some some, uh, nutrition with a little dose of travel because it's a lot more fun. And we're also more open to things when we travel, right? We're like, oh, yeah, this is yeah. cool. We, you know, we're not stuck in a rut. We'll try things um, we might not so, try back home. Yeah. 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 And, and also just like, for example, and you know this, when you go places like Europe, their food's different, right? There's not all the genetic modification and they go shopping every day and, you know, the stuff's more local. Um, so it's really quite fascinating when you go places and you go, oh, I can't get this in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I have to go to a little food kiosk, you know, by the street. 
So you know, that's, I that's have one a, of the differences. I have a lot of friends speaking about Europe. I have a lot of friends who are gluten-free um, because gluten, you know, really bothers them. They have an intolerance, but they go to Europe and they can eat whatever they want. And mm-hmm. I find that fascinating that I, I feel like that says a lot for what's happening to our food chain here. You know, I think you're right. And, you know, the gluten-free is really an interesting one because um, I, one of the things that's confusing for people with a plant-based diet is gluten actually is a-okay in a plant-based diet and grains. But to your point, I try to focus on ancient grains like red fife, turkey red, some of these like einkorn that haven't been genetically modified. And no surprise to a lot of people were almost lost in extinction because nobody wanted them anymore, right? They couldn't be scaled the same way and everything else. And they're not as, well, they're all organic. So you're not using pesticides. So your yields at one time were lower. Now, strangely, yields are higher with uh, ancient grains. So exactly right. Um, in Europe, a lot of the foods are different. In fact, most of the places I went on my recent trip to Sicily and Calabria, everybody's organic. Um, it's almost the exception where it's not. And that's the opposite of, of North America, right? Most right. people are not organic, right? To your excellent point there. So um, I, I also, um, just as a, a side point, I was in Calabria at this um, place where they had a lot of uh, wineries, but also some really, really old olive trees. And they also raised grapefruit. And I like grapefruit, Mm. you know, it's okay. I ate this grapefruit. I was like, oh my God, this is like the most floral thing I have ever eaten in my life. And I was like, I'm going to take these home with me. Right. And so the best. Yeah, it was the best because I was like, okay, I have like these, like 50 of these because these are so good. And um, so the food, you know, is, is, I don't know, food gets me really excited because there are so many things we can do with it, but it really does help us um, not hurt us. And I think um, the other thing to your point, um, I don't do any dairy now. I don't consume any dairy because I had a lot of inflammation from it, but even over there, their dairy is different. So, you know, it's, it's really a situation that wherever you are, you really have to look at a lot of this and figure out what's going to work for you. I do know a lot of people in North America have gluten intolerance when Mm -hmm. actual celiac is probably 2% of the population, Right, but the intolerance might be 10 or 20 to your point. Like it's a lot higher. Um, And when people find a drop gluten, they're okay now. Um, So that's, that's a little scary when we know that there's so much wheat that is in maybe that 5% that's on a label that we don't know what's in it. Right. Right. Um, So it's really, really a bit terrifying when you go to go to even try to read labels and figure out what's what's going to be the best thing for you. But I think, um, you know, what I really was had a lot of fun with when I was when I was in Sicily recently is getting some of those ingredients like I was there lucky enough for um, the every other year pistachio harvest. Oh, wow. Very cool. They're so beautiful. Like they're green and ruby oh. and they're just like, wow, I've never seen a pistachio like this. How can you get excited about a pistachio? You have to see them. I think and, I could. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. And they're picking them and the trees are there and, you know, it's just amazing. And um, rainbows, I don't know, everything. But, uh, but I got to see that. And so I got to pick some of them and make some pistachio pasta out of it, for example. And just the level of freshness of the ingredients, you know, and the real flavor was all there. And I think that's one of the things in North America that we sometimes miss is we feel like, okay, everything looks really good, but the flavor is not necessarily there. Even carrots, for example, right. were phenomenal and it just amazing. 
Um, so it's it's really been interesting. So over these three years, I've been adhering to a plant-based diet, I would say 95% of the time. And the only reason it's probably not been hundred percent is this latest trip. Sometimes when I was in a hotel, there was just, it was all cheese and meat and oil. And it was like, okay, I'm going to eat bread and that's it. <laughs> that's all I'm going to eat. Cheese, there's nothing else. So it's hard when you travel sometimes, yeah, to, to yeah, do that. Is. but, but on the other hand, to the point we we're talking about earlier, you know, you experience the the service of the people and the, you know, the, the humor and working with you, even though I don't speak a word of Italian or French and, you know, you get by because people want to help. And, you know, between Google translate and hand motions and pointing, you know, you get things done, right? <laughs> so, yep. so, but I think, um, you know, one of my, one of my favorite things to do these days is to try to develop new things, but also to try to take some people's favorites and recreate them in a healthier way to try to sort of offer a bridge to help people say, okay, I know I was raised eating meat and cheese and dairy. We all were right. And um, now maybe I want to try some plant-based foods, but I don't know what to do. It's very confusing. I know when I first got started, I had no idea what to eat. And so I've been trying to develop some recipes where whether it's a burger or recently, um, you know, I posted on uh, Instagram um, cannoli. And so um, you know, doing all that plant-based and baked and trying to do some different things, but then also just coming up with completely different dishes and saying, you know what, if I was raised as a kid and never tasted any of this, that's all I'd know or plants and, and, um, that's what I'd be eating. So, but, you know, we hearken for those things like at Thanksgiving, Turkey and, you know, Christmas. So right. tradition plays a big part in our food. And, uh, I think it's really, really important. And I think also, it's really important for people to be able to have flavor and variety so that they um, they can appreciate things and uh, feel good about it and not feel like they're being deprived. And I think a deprivation thing, especially these days when we feel that we're being deprived of so many things like contact and activities yeah. we like to do, yeah. it's very hard, right? You don't, you want to, no, don't deprive me. I need more, right? So it's really, it, that I think has been, you know, an interesting, uh, interesting challenge. But, um, but I find that people are open to um, learning about this because everybody probably has their own health challenges and everybody will, you know, is interested to say, well, how do you, what about this? And what about that? And, you know, if you tried this, if you tried that. And, and um, so I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited by the fact that people are open to um, learning about things and it's a long, it's a long game. You know, it's a long yeah. game. I was, I was excited to see Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, you know, is on a fully plant-based diet and, That'll be a very interesting journey for him in New York City, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, but, um, um, going back to kind of way back in your original statement of how the doctor told you to eat an artichoke, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I think at some level, we all understand that that food is nutrition and, and nutrition is health, right? Like, I think we all get that. But at the mm -hmm. core, I don't think we get that. Right. And yeah, like talking about gluten and dairy, they're both very inflammatory foods. And so mm -hmm. if you have a lot of inflammation, you know, I'm, I'm very active in the brain injury world. And so a brain injury clearly causes a lot of inflammation. And so eating mm -hmm. inflammatory foods continues 
to perpetuate that inflammation. Um, so if we can go on more of an anti-inflammatory diet, right. And eat those anti-inflammatory right. foods. And there's like some hidden culprits in the inflammatory foods. Like I believe like uh, green peppers, if I remember right, are inflammatory and like, you know, there's, there's those little hidden culprits that you don't even realize um, can be, mm-hmm. you know, causing you issues. Yeah. So you do have to look at, um, you know, your individual issues, but you're exactly right. The biggest inflammatory foods are definitely, and dairy is number one. I mean, if people are going to try to cut something out, but actually maybe even number one, a is probably sugar, refined sugar is hugely inflammatory, right? And we're all addicted to it. So that's, you know, a big one. Um, and it's in everything just like wheat. Um, so, so some of those, now I haven't experienced any inflammation from, um, from too many plants so far. Um, I've eaten a lot of green peppers, but you know, some of it can also be different people's conditions, right? Mm-hmm. That they yep. are medication. Different they're sensitivities. Taking, right? so, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So I am always concerned about that when I talk to people, um, you know, like for example, I don't know about you, but I was always told, Oh, as you get older, you should take calcium supplements. Well, probably not so much. It's like a fire hose of calcium, right? And then we learn calcium is not only important for bone density, but muscles and everything else. It's the most important mineral in the body. Um, so I think that's the part, Amy, you're talking about is there's so many things that we've sort of been taught one sliver of, but we don't understand the whole impact. But the other thing I find interesting about the whole inflammation is that once I've dropped some of these foods, um, I found I don't have, you know, a lot of like my belly bloating or anything like that. Um, I just, you know, you just sort of dropped it and it sort of went away and the inflammation. And I was mentioning for the eye doctor, right. Um, that sort of inflammation, you know, it's all inflammation. And, um, I think that what's hard for people to understand is, People, okay, so people will tell me, well, I don't eat much dairy. So it's like, well, do you eat ice cream, cheese, and then, well, yogurt? Yeah, okay, so you're eating a lot of dairy. And then, well, I I do lactose-free, okay? So it's still inflammatory. Um, So I think that's one of the issues is that we're sort of like, you know, sometimes we're marketed to and we're told, okay, this is better. And true, most of us over the age of seven are lactose intolerant, but it still doesn't get rid of the inflammation to your excellent point. Yeah. So I think that um, that's one of the things I've done a lot of studying about. The other thing that's really fascinating is how many plants are actually medicinal. Take like garlic and onions are two common yeah. ones that are readily yep. available, are good for blood pressure regulation, heart health. So some of those things that, you know, if we add them into our diet, they're simple to do, they're small. And they have big impact over time. And, and also, I think they taste really good. Um, a lot of things like, like coriander cilantro are, you know, have medicinal benefits. Um, cloves are is a hugely medicinal plant. And so a lot of these things that make food taste great also are, are helping us with certain, you know, other conditions. Um, another one I thought was interesting was um, olive leaves and olives. Now, olive oil, not so much because of extracted oil is 100% fat calories, but olive leaves as a tea is fantastic for uh, heart health and blood pressure, for example, and eating the olives themselves is really good too. So there's a lot of foods that we like that are actually, you know, really good. 
But to your point, you know, I wouldn't want to have a solid diet of avocados because yeah, they're great. <laughs> or, you know, hundred percent nut diet, because I'm going to have a high saturated fat uh, level. But the other thing that's interesting, and I don't know if, if a lot of people know this, because I sure didn't, is that we all manufacture as much cholesterol as we need. So we don't need to eat, we don't need to consume a single bit of cholesterol. And so when we consume cholesterol, our rate, our levels go up and plants have zero cholesterol. It doesn't matter what kind of plant, even, even, you know, ones like wheat that are modified still don't have any, any cholesterol. So one of the cool things about that is you can cut a cholesterol level almost immediately by introducing more plants into your diet. And I think that's one that's like, wow. So a lot of this is really, yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I sure didn't know that. I mean, it was like, what, really? We manufacture it. I have no idea. And, um, and so, you know, because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the biggest drugs that is, um, prescribed is Lipitor to cut yeah, cholesterol. I think you're right. right. It's up there for sure. You know? Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, well, let's just not eat cholesterol foods and then we can skip the drugs. Right. So, yeah. um, but so many, and then fiber is a massively important for gut health. Um, you know, and also I was stupid. I thought meat had fiber, right? I know. No, only <laughs> plants have fiber, right? And so you're like, no, I'm strong they have fiber. So, you know, there's things like that, that we learn. And, you know, once again, I don't know about you, I mean, but I didn't really learn much about nutrition in high school or even university. Mm-hmm. No. First of all, I might've avoided and, them. To be and what clear, we did but, learn, I feel is really antiquated now. Like it's, yes. been, you know, disproven. Right. Like, for example, in the 1950s or 40s, smoking was good for you, right? Mm, not right. So <laughs> not so much. Like, oh, <laughs> we could probably agree on that one that probably things change, you know? So and I mean, milk I think is that that- still like pushed heavily, right? Like kids get their milk breaks. Yes. And I mean, it's still heavily pushed in schools. Um, and yeah. And yeah. the thing I learned about that, not to get too controversial, but the milk industry does yeah. pay money, you know, to co-market it all. Right. Right. And so Same with um, like going know. back to smoking, right. But the, the tobacco farmers exactly. and yeah, exactly. Yep. Once at one time we had all tobacco farmers, right. You know, now we don't. So it's, it's, I think we do learn to your point, the knowledge has grown dramatically. And I think we're learning every day, um, you know, what new things we can do, but I've found that, um, really like batch cooking on weekends, then I can do a lot because we're all busy during the week, right, you know, using right. slow cookers and salads. And one of my favorite things is kale because kale seems to be good for everything, whether it's calcium or vitamin K or some of those things. And uh, this will crack you up. I started eating kale in my, uh, for breakfast as part of like, um, with a porridge, I just chop it up really fine and I eat it. And I'm just like, it's not, I mean, people go, Oh, no, it's actually not bad. And, uh, but you know, I spice it up. With some it really porridge, doesn't right? have so, that much flavor. I mean, it's just, I don't think it green, does, you know, say it's horrible. I'm like, it's, it's pretty much zero for me. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that is a fantastic food. Um, and, you know, and, and here's another one that's really interesting that I learned. So people they tell you, she eats spinach. So spinach has a lot of calcium and it has a lot of iron, but it's not bioavailable. We can't digest it. So it actually doesn't help. It's great for fiber. That's about it. Whereas kale is, you know, is bioavailable. So those are all the things that, you know, 
to your point, there's so much to learn, but mm-hmm. yet once you kind of look at certain things and you go, okay, um, these are the ones I'm going to, to eat. There's, there's also things around, you know, beans, you've got to cook them, you know, very thoroughly to make sure because they've got um, oxalates that can block uh, calcium um, digestion or whatever. So there's, there's things there, but I don't know. I, I find that mostly um, there's not that many uh, bad things. Uh, I find it's, it's hard to make a mistake really. Um, yeah. as, as long as we said, you know, forage on certain foods, but, um, but I think that, um, I still like to have a lot of fun and, um, I still like to make desserts and do that kind of thing, because I feel like if all you do is eat kale, not to, not, not to beat up on kale, very nice. But you know, if all we do is eat kale, it's kind of boring. Um, so right. I think, that yes, I like to try to give people some variety to say, you know what, all these foods taste great. And we can have a lot of fun. We're improving our health along the way, but we're not, we're not depriving ourselves. Cause I don't know about you, but it's not sustainable for me to mm-hmm. have a boring diet. I'm going to go right back to the stuff I like and that's it. So I think we're all sort of, and, and I think especially these days, right. As we we're saying earlier is that we're all a little bit stressed, maybe more than, you know, like to have a little higher level of stress. So, yeah. you know, you're going to probably need a little more help, you know, to stay uh, doing the things that you that you should be doing. So I think that's, I think that's really um, extremely helpful. So, so Kathy, tell us a little bit about what to expect in your book. Is it full of recipes with stories? Is that kind of the concept? Yeah. So, so what I did with the flavor with benefits, France um, is we decided we would take the my, my time in Mets at five and start with food as medicine. And then we followed the path of my grandfather who fought in world war one and went to some of the cities that he went. And that was really cool. And took this mess kit that he carved when he didn't have food. So um, went to a bunch of those towns and then, you know, went some places like Provence and so what we try to do is tell stories with each and a lot of photography. We've been complimented on the travel photography um, and then some recipes that say, hey, here's some stuff from the region. Here's some stuff maybe I just bought here and wanted to make it in this region. Um, so we did some things like that where we're doing travel plus recipes. So people call it a cookbook. I don't like to call it a cookbook. I like to call it a lifestyle book because to me, the travel would be the reason if I were looking at this book would pick it up. And we had the um, cover hand illustrated by a British artist uh, because I wanted something that felt more welcoming. And, um, you know, she did a fantastic job and she's doing the cover for the second book. And so it's really trying to show a journey around France and, um, you know, going to various places. Um, Also Marseille where Julia Child lived. And so we uh, got to use a picture of Julia Child and, you know, she was very funny. And um, the fact that what's behind me on the screen is um, a tribute to her with uh, French onion soup, which is her last meal. And um, this is all plant-based, but um, I don't know, she might not have approved, but she can't say anything, but uh, it was a great thing. She was so much She might fun, have had right? a lot um, to say though. <laughs> yeah, she had a lot, she would have a lot to say. Like, oh, I don't think you did it quite right, but that's okay. We'll that. all have our ideas, yeah. right? So, um, but yeah, she, she was in Marseille for many years and um, wrote her own cookbook, obviously the Mastering the Art of French Cooking, 800 pages long. Yep. Um, and, you know, a masterpiece. 
And um, so I so I did some tributes there with like Salad Nisoise. So it's really sort of having some stories to go along with it and really celebrating intrepid women throughout the, the, the uh, book. There's another woman in Lyon who was part of the whole um, bringing food um, to like making um, Lyon the French culinary capital was Eugenie Brazier. And she basically was self-taught, um, illiterate actually. And so can imagine all these recipes just in her head. And wow. uh, she was the first woman to get three Michelin stars and at two restaurants, each with three Michelin stars and uh, just a phenomenal uh, person. And they asked her, well, how did you do this? How did you get good at it? And they were waiting for this amazing answer. And she said, well, I, I just, I just cook a lot. Oh, yeah. So that's it. You're just like, as okay. simple as that. <laughs> Great. Just keep doing it. Right. Like a lot yep. of things, right. We know that we just got to get started and keep doing it. So, so I love that story about her and, and um, you know, she had a child out of wedlock, uh, you know, horrors. And uh, she was so poor in the beginning that she had, they let her give the ingredients back at the end of the night that she didn't sell. Um, she didn't even have chairs and somebody gave her chairs. And I mean, it was just a very interesting very woman cool. who was completely driven, right, to get this done. So the stories of the women in the book are a lot of fun, I think. And there's also my grandmother, Stella, who um, was a hero of mine, um, who was not given a raise and, and quit her job. And, you know, because giving it to a man and you have your husband to take care of you. And so she walked out of her job. So some, you know, I think some things women will celebrate of, you know, women taking charge and not, you know, um, not allowing injustice, if you will. And so I think that that's a really important thing. I think, you know, we all face those challenges and uh, I think it's, it's nice to see that even maybe 50, 60, hundred years ago, people were dealing with these same challenges, but, you know, carried on. And then, you know, not to minimize the fun, um, we open the book with a toast to the widows of champagne. So we have, you know, a lot of fun in Bouffe Clicquot. So we open there and, uh, Madame Clicquot was quite the woman, uh, very audacious and, uh, very, very interesting, uh, tour, uh, through that facility where they don't make champagne every year because it's not good enough. It had to be oh, the wow. finest. Wow. So yeah. So the standards, high standards and, and, um, of a lot of these women. So a lot of, a lot of fun, um, researching it. And, and tasting the champagne, I must say. Yeah, so, you know, I can that imagine was that was a hard part of the job. <laughs> Very, you know, but somebody had to do it. So, you somebody know. had to do it. Well, Kathy, anyone that wants to find out more and connect with you, your website is Flavor with Benefits, and that's spelled the English way, F-L-A-V-O-U-R. Um, and there is a clickable link in the show notes. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can go click through on that link. Um, but if people want to learn more about you, what, you know, what can they find at your website? Yeah. So on the website, we've got a lot of, um, recipes. We've got some things, some testimonials around the book. Um, the other thing I would encourage people to do is go to our, our Instagram, um, flavor with benefits. I put a lot of the food out there and some quite a few recipes. Um, so I have a lot of fun with that, with that account. And if you want to find out more about our books, you can find us on Amazon. Um, the, the books are there and, um, we're getting ready to release the, um, the audio version of flavor with mm. benefits France. So, um, I, it took me quite a few tries to get it right. So it's pretty good now. Um, so we're going to be, we're going to be putting that up on uh, the near future. And, um, so yeah, I would, I would love to interact with people who have had their own 
food journeys and, you know, health journeys and what they're doing about it. And uh, I always love hearing what, what people are doing and, and um, you know, we all can learn from each other. And so I, I feel like that's the great thing about, it. and I really appreciate you having me on today um, to, you know, be able to share what we're doing and, and love what you're doing and thank really you. feel like you're, um, you know, providing a great service for people. So thank you for what you're doing. Well, thank you, Kathy, for being here today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, same here. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you are listening to this podcast to help others on their own wellness journey discover this podcast. Have a great day, everyone, and I will see you in the next episode.